0: Nigga what's up? NPD News was forced to get off of home base when thought it was too dangerous.
1: They said too many people are getting hurt. There were 10 people that were taken off site. A lot of people have been talking about these fires, but it was so much more than that. Podcast 99. Hello, welcome to Podcast 99. I'm Ryan Licton, we have another survivor story for you today. We're gonna to be talking to Charlie, who took some great pictures, saw some great bands, had a great time with his younger brothers, and had an unexpected turn of events at the very tail end of the festival. Uh, this, is a, this is a fun one because it's, you know, it's, it's fun, camaraderie, you know, lots of great memories, all topped off with a grisly account of uh of carnage uh what we'll say i don't want to say too much about it but also there's a nice little connection um that you'll hear uh that kind of uh, might have occurred may have occurred between uh this survivor and a survivor that we've had on a on a past episode so this is my interview with charlie all right i'm sitting here with charlie meister you reached out to us how'd you hear about the show Geez,
0: you know what? I was at Louder Than Life uh, weekend before last, and a friend of mine there was actually talking about your podcast, uh, just saying how how cool it was being able to kind of deep dive uh, into so many details uh, surrounding Woodstock 99. So she's like, you know, we got talking about it, and I was like, oh my God. I'm like, I was there. That was so much fun. She's like, you really got to check this out. So, so I did. I, I started listening to it a bit, um, and, uh, you know, listened to it a little bit more, and I was like, oh, geez. I'm right. like, had yeah. <laughs> a good time there. Let's uh, let's chat about it.
1: You know. Yeah. No. Definitely. Uh, already, I can tell this is going to be a fun one because um, when someone says that they had a good time at Woodstock '99, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a it's that's a rare occurrence. Um, uh, at least. Well, actually, not necessarily. Most people we talked to say they had a good time, but the overall um, view of Woodstock '99 is that no one did. Which you know, I, th- I feel like we've debunked that. So, how old were you in 1999?
0: Yeah, so 1999. Uh, that summer, I was 19 years old. I just finished my freshman year in college.
1: Okay, and when it, when it's announced, okay, so and also where where were you? Like where where did you go to school?
0: Yeah, so I was a uh, I was like I said I just finished up my freshman year at the University of Buffalo. Okay, so, so you're when, in New York. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't far. I mean, this was like two and a half hour drive.
1: Okay, so when it, when Woodstock '99 is announced. Uh, i mean did you know right away when you when you heard about it that you were gonna go did it take some time like what were you excited about like like what how, what, what drove you to want to go <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i remember the day that this was announced actually um and uh, i i had a, another guy in my uh my calc class that i knew was like really into the same kind of music and i was like oh my god did you see this lineup you know the the bands that were announced on here were just out of control. And, and looking back, God, I don't even remember what the heck we paid for a ticket. I mean, wh- whatever, whatever it was, even it, it just was like, yeah, you know, I was working all summer anyway. I, I knew I could I could swallow that. So uh, there no was not an option. I was going to this festival hell or high water. So, yeah, I was definitely going to make it there.
1: Now, have you had you had been to any large scale festivals like this before? or Was this kind of your first giant one?
0: Yeah, no, as, as like a multi-day festival, this was definitely the first one.
1: Um,
0: and, and even even now, the size and scope of it. I think the only thing I ever have been to that was bigger than this uh, was 2003. I went up to Toronto uh, when they had uh, a big festival following the, uh, the SARS outbreak when it, when it kind of settled down out there. there There's about half a million people Jeez. for a, a big show that had Rolling Stones and ACDC and, and uh, Rush and a lot of that kind of stuff up there. Damn. Um, so that that was big, but uh, to to this point at uh, by ninety nine, this was far and away the biggest show I'd ever been to.
1: And what bands like were were you into? Like what what was your taste like at, at that time? Oh god,
0: probably three quarters of what was on the lineup. I mean, back then and to this day, still, you know, Metallica being a huge headliner, I was stoked to go and see them again. Um, but th- I was into a lot of stuff that was happening at the time there too. Uh, I mean Corn was great to see. I love the offspring still do. Um I, there there really wasn't a lot on that lineup that I wasn't interested in. Uh Limp Biscuit was just blowing up then, you know. Right. I know uh, Creed, I guess people look back on uh with with mixed emotions. I really enjoyed their set. I thought it was really cool. Seeing them do, you know, Roadhouse Blues with Robbie Krieger from The Doors, right? Know, that was a cool moment. So, well, you know, people are always like gonna look,
1: People are always going to look back on, you know, stuff that was popular and say that it sucked. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's just how yeah, right So you you know you're going like, what was your crew that that you assembled to go and and what was the trip down there like? Like what what yeah, supplies so- did you guys get? Who were you with? Like hit me with all that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was with a buddy of mine who I, who I grew up with. Um, we'd been friends. My buddy Mike. Um, and then I, I actually, in, in, in after watching that documentary over the summer, this probably sounds horrible, but I actually had my two younger brothers with me as well, who had just <laughs> finished their freshman and sophomore years of high school, respectively. Um, and you know that that was the biggest challenge. Was like I, I knew I was going to this thing. But, you know, I wanted them to be able to experience it, too. So, I, you know, I asked my folks, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm like, I'd, I'd really like to take the boys with me. And uh, and we did. So, like, <laughs> you so know. Insane. So this big old shit show that that goes down in, in Rome, you know, I've got, like, my teenage, mid-teenage brothers with me, too. And, and you know, that's the thing. That's why I look back on it. I'm like, honestly, we had a great time. Um, there was certainly a lot of stuff that uh, that could have been handled a little bit better, but um, I, I definitely reflect fondly on it.
1: Right. And I mean, I, I feel like that, like people's experiences at Woodstock 99, I feel like definitely like are centered around who they went with. Like if you, if you were with, you know, your posse, you're going to have a good time. I mean, no matter what, you know what I mean? Cause you're together. Um, and, and that's, that's right. Th- that's a big part of it. So h- how'd you guys get there? And, and when did you arrive? Did you get there on like the Thursday before? Were you camping? Did you have a hotel? What yeah. were you guys looking forward to?
0: yeah right on so we uh we head down there uh, thursday afternoon um and we got in there i don't i don't know what time we rolled in but it was definitely early enough um that we were able to actually enjoy that that you know pre-festival day thursday night there yeah. um oleander was kind of new alternative band at the time I, I was totally digging them um so we got to go check them out um set up the tent and, and we did we camped uh which was actually part of the wild part of our story later on in the weekend. Um, but we set up camp and uh, it was it was totally disheveled. But I mean, we found a spot and um, we got it all set up. We got in there with with little problem. Right. I mean, parking is a, just a, a big old field. Um, but we got in and uh, and just kind of enjoyed ourselves Thursday. We ran into a few people from home that, uh, that we knew were going to be there. Uh, which I found fascinating at the time that in a festival that was got 200,000 plus people that you'd run into anybody.
1: Yeah. No cell phones Um, or anything, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 So, uh, so that was good. Now the weekend was off to a great start and, uh, and that was Thursday.
1: So, uh, you know, there's, you you get a a little bit of a lay of the land that Thursday, what were your impressions walking into this airbase where you're going to be spending the next, you know, three days at, or, or what have you?
0: Oh, man. You know, any any time you do a festival like that, just just like you said, you want to get the lay of the land, figure out kind of what's what, where you need to be, you know, what you need to know. And, and, and that was exactly the case there, too. And, and the way that the, the campground uh, worked, it it, uh, it kind of fed you know, like as you followed the path into the, the festival grounds themselves, you kind of had the hangar right in front of you where they had either the all night raves and it was kind of like an up and coming artists uh, stage. Um, that you know, for anybody that wasn't going to be on either of the the east or west end stages, right? Um, and that was there, and then they had all the food there. So first impressions, honestly, was that everything cost a fortune, and, and that I think that was certainly one of the undertones that uh, that led to the weekend becoming what it was. That that in the heat, um, but you know, it was that er- everything cost a ton of money. We get in there Friday. And I will never forget entering the grounds, and somebody was standing there from like, I don't remember what it was, Raisin Bran, right? They're they're handing out uh-huh. samples of Raisin Bran. And they've got a sign that says free Raisin Bran kind of pointing left and then $20 breakfast burritos pointing to the right. <laughs> and I mean, you know what I mean? Right. So needless to say, I took my backpack and we filled that thing up as much as we could without uh, without – being able to still zipper it right. uh, with raisin bran <laughs> sample boxes—I feel like and that e- was breakfast for the day.
1: Eating like dry raisin bran in the the heat when water is super expensive sounds like fucking torture. <laughs> 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 you know, well, hey man, I was better I was than 19. nothing. What do you want? Yeah, yeah, better than nothing. I,
0: I wouldn't pay twenty bucks for a burrito now. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's still steep. I mean, that's what's kind of fascinating is. You know, a lot of the prices when you, when you look at it now and you account for inflation and everything, like it's insanely expensive, like way more so than a lot of stuff like e- like even major festivals nowadays. You know, which, yeah. which is kind of the the interesting thing to look back on. So on Friday, it, you know, you guys are walking around. Like, who, who are some of the bands that you saw in the daytime?
0: Oh God, I have to look at that lineup again to see who was on Friday. I feel like I I feel like I did that. Um, uh...
1: Like you know, there was Which like Saturday. James Brown was was the first person that that played. Yeah, you had Cheryl Crow, DMX. Um... Yep,
0: yeah, we definitely caught all of them for sure. That was so that was on oh God uh, the either of the two states I can't I'll, I can't remember whether it's East or West, but one of them was clearly like the main stage, the East stage, where okay. most most of those were. Um, and and that was really where we did spend the majority of our time. Actually, I want to say Friday. Also, we might have gone to the other states to check out like Rusted Root. Uh, right. I feel like they were there on that day.
1: Yeah, um, they, they might have been. I, yeah. I, I feel like that—that that might be a a, a a Sunday or a Saturday thing. But I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, that—that's the thing with these stories. It doesn't matter. I know that you saw these acts. You know, the, the you know twenty plus years will uh, put a little rust on the memory. But um, did <laughs> do you remember like? watching DM like, did it feel like when you're in the crowd for any of these things, did it feel like Woodstock to you? Did it, did you feel like you were part of some huge, you know, historic thing or was it just like a big concert?
0: Uh, You know what? I mean, it was a big concert. Sure. But actually part of the thing that I think was, was really weird about that whole weekend was that it, it felt like there were a lot of people that were, that were, Really trying to relive their parents' past, I guess, in a way. If that if that makes sense, yeah. Like almost trying to make something out of it that it wasn't gonna be, you know. Right. Uh, and, and and it it just that's just how it felt, right? Like people, were, you know, a lot of people were kind of like dressed for nineteen sixty nine still, and like yo, none none of that is here. Like that is not this like for all intents and purposes you mentioned DMX, there were a few exceptions, but by and large, that festival was a hard rock metal festival. Yeah. Oh, definitely. uh, You you know what I mean? Like there, there was some stuff that maybe didn't fit that. Um, But by and large, that's really kind of what it was. And, you know, I felt awesome because anything of that scale is going to stand out on its own um uh, and i love to think that any festival whether it's an annual festival or anything like that i love to think that when it's all said and done in hindsight it's going to have its own identity and um woodstock 99 certainly did that <laughs> yes um, it did <laughs> pro- probably not the way it was intended to be um but it certainly went down as something that was memorable um, um yeah man i mean you know it was a, it was a great time i i loved it and you know you mentioned stuff like you know water being whatever it was like that's something that uh, between in my group like we had like old like boy scout canteens right from from back in the day <laughs> and we 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 broke into groups of two and we just spent the whole weekend refilling those things staying hydrated and i honestly think that has a lot to do with why we were able to really enjoy ourselves too because the the heat was unbearable and I can only imagine what that would have been like if you didn't have some way to, to actually keep yourself,
1: <laughs> you know, yeah, hydrated. hydrated for sure. Where, did you find it that, that it was uh, particularly easy to get access to the, to the free water to, to fill up the canteens or was we had no problem with that. Okay.
0: No, we had no problem with that at all. Um, you know, now we, I we, mean, we didn't try, you know, looking back on it, this sounds gross, but like, we did not try using their shower facilities or anything like that. I mean, you know, it, it, we were going to be grungy no matter what, so whatever. Um, but actually just getting in to, to get water uh, was no problem at all.
1: Okay, yeah, that's that's an interesting thing because, you know, there's, there's the whole – Kind of cliche with Woodstock 99 of like, you know, yes, there was water fountains, but the line was so long and then people broke it. But, you know, you guys hear it, heard it here first, folks, uh, that it wasn't <laughs> too crazy to get yourself uh, a full canteen. So that that Friday, I mean, the, the gnarlier bands start happening like Offspring and people are starting to throw stuff in the crowds. I, like, yep. I, I, was there a, a point where you were, you know, you know, you're with your younger brothers where you're like, whoa, like this is this is kind of getting a little bit rowdier than what I was expecting, or did it kind of just seem par for the chorus that first day?
0: No, it seemed par for the course. You know, I mean, I, I'd been to enough shows leading up to that. I granted, you know, not festival scale, but at the end of the day, people are people. Yeah. Um, and you know, a rowdy crowds, a rowdy crowd. So you, you got to just sort of have your bearings, right? Figure out like, you know, if there's an area off to your right, that's getting a little nuts, like, okay, pay attention. You know, stuff like that. But beyond that no. I mean, we were we were fine. There was never a point um, up up until Sunday. There was never a point where it felt dangerous at all.
1: Right. So you mentioned you saw uh, Offspring that they brought out, you know, those mannequins of the Backstreet Boys or or whatever, whoever it was. Maybe. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, Whatever. like when when they brought that out, like it, it's funny because like MTV was so split in half at, at that point in oh, time yeah. where it was like boy bands and bubblegum pop stuff. And then like all the, the gnarly shit. What was there like when you were in the crowd, your opinion, looking back on it, you know, did you feel that there was like kind of an aggro like negative energy being stirred up or did it all seem in good fun at that at that point?
0: you know what for me that to me it really totally felt like it was in good fun and, that, and that's one of the things i'm going to keep referring to this now because it was one of the on, on the one hand visually it was so cool to see a lot of the footage from that during that uh, that uh, hbo doc over the summer but man the narrative about that was like wait what i was not at that festival because you know it, like it felt like it was it was supposed to be a crowd of couple hundred thousand people all pissed off and, and just full of rage. And man, that is just not what it felt like. It just, it just wasn't, you know, it was all in right. good fun. Uh, at least to me, And sure. Maybe somebody else, you know, had different intentions, but no, I thought it was fun as hell.
1: Yeah. Did, did you get hit with anything in the crowd when stuff was flying? Cause it seemed like no matter who you were seeing after like maybe 6 PM on Friday, there's just consistently shit flying through the air.
0: Yeah, empty water bottles and stuff like that. I mean, that 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 being the, the chief among them. And, and you you mentioned offspring. That was you know, the way my memory works, at least. That was the one set that I remember a ton of empty water bottles just flying. Um, but no, I mean, I don't I don't remember getting hit by anything. Certainly nothing um, that that would have been troublesome. You know what I mean? If the if the empty water bottle was flying through, I, I wouldn't have thought twice about it.
1: Right, yeah, and you know you had uh, plenty of raisin brand boxes to return fire. Yeah, right on. See, yeah, Yeah, look out. Now, corn. You mentioned seeing like to us at, at, at on the show. Like we think that that's like. The, the one of the crazy. I mean, it, it looks even crazier than Limp Bizkit's set. Crowd wise, you know, it, it's literally an ocean of people, and there's fireworks going off, and it's and it's nighttime. Like, w- what was the energy like uh, around there? I mean, what, was it exciting? Was there kind of like a, at any point were you a little nervous that it was getting a little too nuts, or how close even were you? No, that
0: was that was kick ass. I mean, we were we were certainly close enough that that I mean that was the stage we were at. We were not. I was not touching the stage. I was probably not going within 50 feet of it just because of the, the density of that and the ability to get away from it if you needed to. Um, but at the same time, we, we were definitely, we worked our way in about as tight as we could to still really enjoy ourselves. Normally, you know, if it's a one-off show, you know, I'll probably be on the rail half the time, most of the time back then, actually. Um, but here, you know, it was a lot about just sort of taking in everything um, and and no, no, nothing about that was was overly concerning to me at all. Yeah. Uh, now my little brothers might've had a different point of view, but if they did, they certainly never expressed it that way.
1: Right. Well, you know, they probably don't. <laughs> I'm scared during <laughs> corn big brother. Yeah, It's not very yeah, cool. It's not right a cool on. look. Uh, you know, were you seeing like within that pit, I mean, being, being in that, were you seeing like, cause I mean, there's so many reports like that we've read, you know, of all these people being, you know, crowd surfed out to the medic tent with, you know, broken wrists and ankles and getting stomped, like stepped on and stuff. Were you seeing that kind yep. of stuff happen around you? Like how, how intense was it being? in that
0: um no but at the same time with a group that big that's not that's not a huge surprise either right you know i mean it it felt to me i mean at least as as somebody who has gone to a a, a ton of shows over the years it felt like it was really a few years after that um and i want to say like you know, early two thousands. First time I remember seeing this was was at a Godsnack show. I want to say in like two thousand three, where the artist on stage would would actually, you know, point out stuff going on in the crowd and be like, "Hey, you know, people are falling down, help them up." Stuff like that. Like right. that that kind of attention really wasn't happening back then, um, and, and maybe because you know, injury wasn't wasn't as really well known or as widespread. I'm not really sure.
1: Well, and it there's so many.
0: You know, yeah. So and, and that's exactly why I probably held back a little more than I normally would, because, you know, if you think about, you know, the size of a pit at a normal crowd, you know, you take a few steps one way or the other. You, you're kind of clear, you know, a big festival like that. It's, it's not uncommon for, for that stuff to start erupting here and there and in a number of spots. And really, you, you got to figure out your exit strategy. It's a lot harder to do. So yeah. you know, I'd, I'd rather watch that from from a little bit more of a distance if I'm if I'm going to be looking out for uh, <laughs> for the rest of the crew here. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, and and to backtrack just a little bit, you know, when when you're mentioning bands, you know, pointing out stuff in the crowd and being like, "Hey, help that person." Offspring, you know, the, this the singer he pointed out the you know good girls get, getting getting groped. Yeah. Now I, I don't. I mean, obviously, we, you know that looking back. We're, we're, did you catch that when when he said that? And, like, what what are your kind of thoughts on that? Were you seeing that kind of stuff happening around you?
0: Um, no, I did not see that kind of stuff happening around me. Um, it, do I remember him saying that? Actually, to be honest with you, I don't. Right. Um, it doesn't surprise me. Dexter's a good dude. But, like, and, and apparently ahead of his time. Um, but, you know, again, you know, just this, the, the size of that crowd you know, there's, there's going to be a jerk in every crowd. Right. And then when you got 200,000 people, there's going to be more than one. So, you know, and that doesn't, that doesn't, that, that, that's not to like, you know, blow that off or anything like that. Cause 'cause there's no place for it at all. But like you put that many people in one place like that, that doesn't surprise me that you're going to have a handful of people that that just aren't going to carry themselves the right way
1: yeah I, I absolutely so now c- corn is over um there's still you, you still have bush left on that stage and uh, george clinton on the on the west stage did you stick around for either the headliners or were you guys kind of kind of toast after you
0: that know what we hung out for a bit of bush and that was sort of when we made our exit um you know namely because you, you could hear it all the way through anyway and we just figured we kind of get back and we had two more days to go um so i i distinctly remember actually we we kind of finished Bush's set off as we were getting in the tent that night. Right. But uh, yeah, so, I mean, we, we did hang out for the duration of the, uh, of the show, but you know, as, as they were kind of, you know, getting, getting to the later half of their set, we, we decided that was a time to start working our way out of there.
1: And what was the campground like, you know, just, and obviously I, I'm sure as the weekend went on, it would, you know, get a little gnarlier and gnarlier, but like once the show is over and everyone starts coming back, I mean, what were the campgrounds like, like, what was the environment? like
0: um so you know i mean it was it was fine as far as i'm concerned like you know i again if it comes up to a question of safety or anything like that nah you know it was cool um truthfully we kept pretty close to people we ran into that we knew in our group because again i'm I'm the oldest one in my crew and i'm 19 years old so you know we kind of hung with each other a bit more Um, But I mean, it it was pretty scattered. You know, I'm sure you've seen pictures and I know I shot you over a few uh, ahead of the call here today, too. Um, One of which had a a pretty good uh, depiction of how tents were completely just strewn everywhere. Um, There was really it wasn't like one of those things where like, here's a lot. Put your tent on it. It was just like find a spot
1: you know? Yeah. How would you even Um, find your shit? Like, you know, especially at night after all that. And I don't know if you were drinking or doing any, I know you were a young man at at, at that time, but, uh, I'm sure, you know, with that stuff in play, it would be even harder to find your shit. I I,
0: I can imagine that a lot of people had a hard time finding their tent and that, that was a challenge every time. Now, now we had an easier time doing it because we sort of had a, you know, a, a, a bit of a, you know, whatchamacallit, like, like we, we, we set up, right behind uh, an Ace hardware store that was set up in the campground um, so so they actually had you know anything and everything you could have needed for the weekend was right there next to that they had like three different you know semi trailers as well uh, and that'll, that'll get into the uh, the Sunday night story a little bit later on right. but, but that made it really easy for us to find you know our spot because we were we were directly behind their store okay
1: uh, like and a that landmark.
0: was all we could find. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, find Ace Hardware, go behind it in our tent. We had a big old six person tent. So it was taller than pretty much everything else around us. So it it really wasn't hard to find. But man, I, I can I can imagine that a lot of people would have had a hard time finding their home.
1: Yeah, for sure. So then Saturday and Saturday. I mean, obviously, Sunday is the most you know, notorious day, but Saturday musically uh, is the one that is always talked about. So when, when you walk in to the grounds on, on Saturday, was there a big difference in the way the place looked and just the attitude from people? Um, what, what was entering like on, on Saturday morning?
0: Yeah, so no question, every single day, <laughs> the grounds were more and more of a dump. I mean, just stuff, with you know, boxes of crap just kind of tossed around and stuff, I, you know, different things like that. It definitely built up. Same thing with kind of the, you know, the, the plumbing, if you will, right? So bathrooms, that whole area just got, just got messier, just if for no other reason than just general wear and tear over the course of the weekend. Um, it definitely got a little bit uglier from day to day and, and definitely by Saturday. Um, it was a bit, it was a bit of a mess.
1: Yeah. I mean, what were you guys doing about, about the bathroom? Like, were you, did you ever use the porta potties on the grounds or was that out?
0: Uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that that's exactly the only thing we would have done. Um, you know, I, I in the same breath. That weekend, I mean, of the handful of things that stand out about that weekend to me was, you know, the the unruly heat was one of them. Um, so as much as we stayed hydrated, too, you know, and, and you'll find that, right? Like when you're outside and you're just sweating a lot, you you don't need to use the bathroom that
1: often. True.
0: Um, and that was definitely the case here because, well, I, you know, know you're just you sweating it
1: out. But you guys were pounding – Raisin bran. So yeah, I mean, man. <laughs> so I'm just wondering if uh, you know you you had to you contributed to the mud yeah. at all?
0: Yeah, no, 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 no. I was <laughs> not gonna 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 just drop stuff outside like that. I'm sure we destroyed the throughway on the way home, but you know that's. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. Okay. That's a whole nother. That's where we ended up sleeping Sunday night, but you know.
1: Oh my gosh. All right. So on Saturday, who, who do you remember seeing, you know, like in the daytime leading up to the, the big Woodstock 99
0: three. Oh God. You know, I've been sort of like passively just trying to find like a, a, a timestamp lineup from that, uh, from that weekend. And I'm just failing to do so right now
1: Oh, it's, it's uh, because right.
0: it, it does blend together here. But, um, yeah, man, all this crap is about the 50th anniversary Woodstock. I'm seeing that de- that never happened.
1: Um, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, for definitely. Or for worse. Well, you had like Dave um, Matthews on that day, Alanis. Yeah, yeah, right back
0: to back as well, which to me was a huge miss. By the way, right? Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of either one of them. Um, although I, I I like them both. That's fine. But I but I can tell you, right? And I, and I can't be the first to say this. Like. Alanis Morissette did guest vocals on on his uh, current album at the time before these crowded streets. She did a song called Spoon. And being a, a big deal, a big festival like Woodstock is, you're like, well, these, these artists aren't going to be on the same stage again anytime soon. Here they are. Same day, back to back. Of course, they're going to play this. And when
1: they didn't, yeah. I was like, <laughs> well,
0: that's, a, that's such a huge miss. Like, yeah. how, do you, how do you screw that up? you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And and who knows why? Also, I, I forgot to ask, did you guys like take a look around at like the vendor stuff and, and the kind of like extracurricular things that were, that they had there, or were you guys more stuck to the stages?
0: Uh, we were, we were definitely more stuck to the stages. We poked around a little bit. Um, uh, but honestly I, I didn't do a whole lot in there. I think there, they had like a, I want to say they had like a computer lab where you could like send yourself stuff, which was like really cool at the time. (laughs) Um, yeah, you know, and and we probably did a little bit of that. Um, but honestly, like, I didn't give a shit about any of that stuff. I I really just wanted to see as much live music as I could soak in for a weekend. Um, and that's what we did.
1: So, you know, the, the days going on, Alanis plays, Dave Matthews plays, and then the big one, Limp biscuit, which, yeah, you know, now were you guys as close to that as you were with corn, or were you in the... Yeah, areas? we
0: were, we tried to be as close to that stuff as we could, you know, without like really, really being right in the middle of the actual pits themselves. We tried to get as close as we could and we totally were. That was, that was a fun set. And I remember at the time, right? So that was right around the time Significant Other had either just come out or I think it was just about to come out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that was so cool. I mean, I, I enjoyed that more than I ever thought I was going to. And, um, and I've gotten to see him a few times since then over the years, but that was neat. Uh, watching Fred Durst engage with that crowd, right. When he ends up on that, uh, on that plank, oh, it was yeah. like, that was, that was awesome. That was just so cool. And that, that was the kind of stuff that like, you're just not going to see. On a normal tour stop, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's Woodstock.
0: You know, yeah, right, right. Right. It's a once in a lifetime thing. Right. We,
1: we, you know, we we always said on the show that uh, Fred Durst on the plywood is the Jimmy Hendrix moment of Woodstock '99.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, that's probably right. That's the
1: that's the thing that everyone notices now. Having been in the like. Pretty up close for corn, and then and, you know, relatively the same for limp biscuit. What crowd would you say was was kind of the rowdier of, of the two, or, or what was the difference? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I don't know from moment to moment if you, if you'd really pick one over the other. My my gut tells me I really felt like it was limp biscuit, but you know what? Somebody else can say it was corn. Hey, yeah, good for them. Um, one of the things that I, I remember, and, and I can't tell you for sure, you've probably talked to enough people that you might have a better account for this, but I do feel like it was definitely going on during Limp Bizkit was, there was a ton of people just launching folks in the air using uh, big old tarps. And that oh, was yeah. awesome. Um, when I say awesome, I didn't do it. Cause I was like, God damn, I'm like, you're, you're counting on somebody else to catch you after they toss your ass up in the air. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and you know. <laughs> right so you know it, it was it was pretty neat though it was visually really really neat
1: um now do you but, remember uh, when you they know. had to stop like when they had to stop playing for a second because there's <clears throat> there's that moment where like he had to Frederick had to tell everyone to like chill out or mellow out yeah i don't really re-
0: i don't remember them stopping off off hand
1: um Again, I mean, you know,
0: fine details like that. We're we're doing our own thing, so if the music stops for a moment. Whatever.
1: Yeah. Now, in your opinion, having been there, and I, I mean, I feel like I already know know the answer, but I have to ask. Like, you know, the whole narrative, especially what's really pushed in the in the HBO documentary, was that you know it's the classic thing that happened, you know, in the news from the start that Fred Durst kind of like pushed the crowd to be extra rowdy and in a way incited a riot. Now, did you feel like that there was any like where it's like, whoa, he's like, you know, kind of prodding the bear with a stick? a little No, bit?
0: absolutely not. I agree. No, no way that you knew who that guy was and you knew what that band was all about before they ever took the stage. You know, yeah. I mean, they they blew up on that on that George Michael cover of Faith that was just absolutely in your face if you thought they were going to be anything other than that then i don't know who the hell you're going to see so they went out and did what everybody wanted them to do i don't think they did anything to go out of their way to to rile up that crowd any more than they would at any other show now you know did did they have a sense for the scope of like the size of that crowd and and how you know the, the the ability for it to get really unruly because of that you know maybe not but at the same time. You know, these guys are just getting started, too, right? They're about to drop a huge, huge album or maybe just I can't remember the date of it, but it was yeah, right yeah, around yeah, then. No, you're right. They were blowing up then. So so do what I put an ounce of that on Fred Durst and, and, and his band? Not, not at all.
1: Right. And that's interesting, like, you know, what you said that, you know, it had more to do with the size of the crowd than it did with what they were saying, because, you know, they would play arenas and stuff, you know, and do their same shtick and everything would go off without a hitch. But did, do you feel like that maybe not only just the scope, but also the kind of people that were there, like not necessarily diehard, you know, Limp Bizkit or even music fans, but just people that like wanted to be in the mix and, and, you know, like get a little crazy when it wasn't something that they were familiar with. Do you think that had anything to do with it?
0: Yeah, it certainly could. You know, it certainly could. I mean, at any pit you see, there's, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, that are having fun, but they're also kind of paying attention, but there's always a bunch of clowns just spinning around with no idea what the hell they're doing. No care who they run into or what they do. So, I mean, there's, there's plenty of people out there and that, that's what kind of goes to the size of the crowd, right? You know, you, you get one or two of those clowns in a club show, maybe a, a few of them, you know, in a big arena you throw 200,000 people together. You're talking, you have dozens of people like that. Yeah. And that just, that just, that just breeds chaos. Doesn't matter who's on stage.
1: Right. And I mean, you know, with Lynn Bizet, you know, that's when you start seeing again, like, you know, Fred Durst got on the plywood, but also you would see other people, you know, in the crowd, you know, from the aerial footage and people, you know, tearing yep. off the, the sheets. Were you seeing any of that stuff go on around you? Like, were you by anyone that was passing up big pieces of wood or any of the, like the destructive stuff?
0: We were a lot closer to the center. Um, so, you know, nothing coming off of the walls on the sides or anything like that. Um, but then, they, you know, obviously some of it did make its way right up to the stage right there. But, like, I didn't pass anybody directly over my head, no. But we could definitely see all of that going on, you know, just a little bit in front of us.
1: And, the, and none of that seemed like... I, like out of the ordinary or, or like concerning, you know, like e- even like the big pieces of wood and stuff, it, it wasn't like, Oh shit. Like people are breaking stuff. It was just kind of in the moment, fun shit. Right. Um, you know
0: what? <laughs> Walking in there on Thursday and kind of getting the lay of the land by, by Friday, it, you know, one of the things, and, and maybe this is just being a teenager and, and kind of like one of those, you know, just, you know, more rebellious state of mind, but it was all like that that festival was like the man, right? Like everything was overpriced. It felt like a, like a a corporate type thing in my mindset at the time. And, you know, now of course, like, so is every festival, but you know, so, so you take that and how much they're charging everybody to me, there was no surprise at all that people were going to start ripping stuff down. I was, I was expecting that wall to come down on day one. I mean, before we were even there because people had broken through in, in 94 It was a lot of that sort of like precedent was set. So how long is it going to take till the wall comes down here and everybody starts pouring in? So when that kind of stuff began to happen, uh, that wasn't a surprise. That was the expectation. Like it it would have been shocking if it
1: didn't happen. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. So then after Limp Bizkit, you have rage against the machine and you know, the, the story goes that they were told to, you know, like the, uh, the mixers, you know, the sound guys were told to kind of tone it down a little bit to kind of like quell the crowd because then you're going to have Metallica after that. Did you guys leave the stage at all? Like, or did you stay for the, all three of those heavy hitter bands?
0: All, All three of them. Yeah. There was no way I was missing Metallica up front there. So no, we stayed for all of it.
1: Now, did you feel like, like after Lynn Biscuit plays this insane set, what was the crowd like for rage? Was it like equally as as like jovial and and like and crazy, or did you feel like everyone was a little exhausted? or like what what was the vibe like during during rage?
0: No, you know what? I felt like the vibe didn't change much at all. I mean, if it was, you know if uh, if Lynm Biscuit was a ten, rage was like a nine and a half, you know okay. because, for for everybody that was just absolutely exhausting themselves during Limp Bizkit, somebody else was just standing by, knowing who was coming up next, and, and they were saving it up. I mean, you know, a festival like that, it, it's it continues to surprise me to this day how a, a crowd in totality can maintain the level of energy that it does all day long, and they do, and they, that that was certainly no exception.
1: Right. So then the big one, you know, the headliner, Metallica. I mean someone, you know, notoriously, you know, died of heat stroke during their set. And there's, you know, when you watch the crew, like the footage, there's so many people being crowd served up to the top. Like, and you know, one of our other survivors said it was the loudest performance he'd ever seen, you know, like just, was it everything that you expected? Like what was seeing Metallica at Woodstock 99? Like for you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd hoped it was going to be like, it would have been if I'd have seen him at Woodstock 94, but I didn't get that chance. Right. I was, I was a kid myself then, so um, but it was awesome. I mean, I, you know, I had seen them a number of times in the years since then, though, like leading up to '99. Um, so I was I was stoked as hell to have a chance to see my band headline a, a big day at this festival. So in that regard, it was like everything I wanted to see. You know, um, I, I loved it. They, they yeah, they were loud. But again, I've seen them. Uh, you know, last last week I saw them for the thirty first time. So like, it's loud every wow. time you know? So, you know, I, I don't know that it was especially allowed on that particular evening, but that, that's just the way that they do it. You yeah, know, I mean, so, it's just
1: crazy that you were so young and, and your brothers are so young and you, you were so close and you survived the big Woodstock 99 three, you know, unscathed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't
0: know. I feel like I, I, I don't, and that's the thing that, that I, you know, looking back on it and, and, you know, again, I've, I've been listening a little bit to your podcast. I haven't gotten so deep yet to like, you know, hear everybody's stories, but I can't imagine that that's like really that rare of an experience either, because like, I mean, I don't know, you, you go to a bunch of shows, you just start to get the pulse of what's around you, you you know, kind of what to stay away from and, you know, where, where you're going to be able to have your fun and, and where you're not. So you know I, yeah. I did not worry about that and it's it's so weird looking back that that so many people look at it as as though it was like this this crazy dangerous weekend and, and hell maybe it was and we were just lucky and stupid but yeah. um, but yeah, it, it it never yeah. felt that way
1: right then did, did you guys check out the emerging artist stage or the rave at all
0: yeah yeah we popped in there especially the first day um, well, first day in this case, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say like Friday morning. I remember going in there and checking out this, this one band. i got, I can't remember their name. Um, but they were like all, all like brothers. I don't, I don't remember what they're, what, who they were. Um, and then there was, um, then there was another band that I saw in there too. And I grabbed their demo CD and I've definitely enjoyed it since then. Uh, it's, it's been a little while now, but
1: God, I can't remember the name of their band either, but, um, might, oh man, we, we did a whole, uh, a whole thing uh on one of them was it full metal full,
0: full devil jacket yeah, yeah full devil jacket yeah yeah. you got it yeah they were awesome and that that band should have done something uh, and they stuck around for a bit too they, they definitely they they did not you know just show up at woodstock and pack it in they they definitely did some things i actually bought their full length when it came out following that because i was so impressed um yeah. but uh you know not not somebody that i'm going to see coming through town anytime soon so right you know <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, we definitely went in there. We kind of poked in for the raves, but that was that was a part of me that was like, all right, we're gonna go check this out, guys, because we're here um, for a few <laughs> minutes. And then,
1: <laughs> uh, what did you see you when know, you went in there with your little brothers?
0: Yeah, well, right, exactly. So, it, it not not the same kind of show that you'd see on one of these end stages during the day, you know. Um, I mean, what, did, did I see like it, you know illicit drug use in front of me? No, I can't say that I did, but not not because it wasn't there. I just I wasn't looking for that. I was checking out artists. What's going on? What's the vibe in here? And uh, all right, you know, I got a taste of this. I'm out of here.
1: Yeah. So you know. So then you you go to bed, and it's it's now the final day. What what are the grounds like? What's the overall morale? What's what's the vibe going in on Sunday?
0: So, I was excited because I was stoked to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers on Sunday night. Um, uh, John Frusciante had just gotten back with the band to put out a brand new album, Californication. Yeah. Um, I was, I was a casual fan of the chili peppers at best at that point. Um, but I was definitely looking forward to seeing them live because obviously, you know, they, they have had and continue to have a really big buzz about their live performance. So I was, I was really excited about that. Um, I mentioned before, you know, I was looking forward to Creed again, you know, whatever. I, I enjoyed it a ton. Um, so I, I was really looking forward to that day big time. Um, what I did think was funny and, 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 it, and I'd never really seen this talked about until that, that documentary over the summer was, I thought it was really funny how they were passing out all those candles throughout the day. Um, yeah, you know, you, for the, did it, you get one? You know, we, oh, totally. Yeah. We all got one. Um, and it was you know, at that point, you like, you can't predict what's going to happen. Although, you know, I guess maybe it's not that much of a stretch, but we're like, we're like, there's a few hundred thousand people here and they're passing out candles. Like, how's that going to go? Like, is, is this going to be like a kumbaya moment tonight? Cause I don't feel like that's where we are. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, did, did, did I think that the place was going to get burned down? Honestly, no, but Definitely felt like this was not a well thought out move.
1: Well, was there, I mean, and what, what made you feel like that? Like on the, on that last day, was there something in the air? Like were, were the ground's just like, you know, what, what made you think yeah. that like, this isn't necessarily the best idea. Like, like what was the vibe, like, you know, across the whole air base on that day.
0: Because everybody at this point is tired. It's been hot out, you know, unrelentingly so all weekend and it, you know every, you know everybody's just kind of got all this pent up you know anger because everything is a fortune right uh, oh you're hot yeah sure by the way there was free water and we took advantage of it so this that i felt like we we navigated that quite well but for some reason some people just can't drink out of a you know a faucet and they got to buy their own shit. so you know yeah. <laughs> that's an expensive weekend right
1: I love how you're just like, Look, man, like it's not my fault that you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> we went to the water right. mountains, yeah.
0: But some people are above that and so and so they're buying it all weekend. So I, I can imagine that, that uh that there's some pretty pissed off people at this point and you're gonna give folks shit that burns <laughs> on purpose. And uh, you know, it just it just I don't know, felt felt maybe poorly planned. Yeah. So So you know but I'm looking forward to the day. At this point, like, you know, you're tired You kind of want to just get through the day so that it can be done. And you're like, I did it. Like we, we did this, we went, it was awesome, but now it's over.
1: Yes. No, yeah. I, I, I totally understand that. And I mean, like, so, you know, you, you watch Creed, nothing really, I mean, at least from like the footage and stuff, nothing really seems to be going awry until like maybe midway through red hot chili peppers. Like when did you start noticing that things were kind of getting to a boiling point?
0: Yeah. I want to say you're, you're probably spot on. It's right about midway through chili peppers. You kind of start seeing like, you know, the fires were sort of scattered and they weren't terribly big at first. It was kind of like, yo, is there something burning off to, you know, this side over here? Like, yeah, I I actually think there's a fire back there. Like, you know, whatever. I mean, I've seen that in an amphitheater back home too, where just people on the lawn just, just burn some shit. Like, but it's never, it never amounts to anything. So like, okay, cool, whatever, you know? And, uh, and, you know, and then they, they kept going. and, And I thought like when they, when they started playing, uh, fire, Hendrix fire, I was like, Oh, we're, we're just going to roll with this now, huh?
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> this is what like, we're
0: doing. That that was, yeah, this, this is happening. Okay. Uh, I guess so. Now so that was
1: wild. You being with your brothers, I mean, was there a point, like, at least at that point, when you start seeing the fires really kind of pop up with like, did you start getting, you know, did you turn on big brother mode and it's like, okay, like we got to, you know, keep our wits about here a little bit, or did it still seem like manageable and, and not, not too crazy?
0: Um, it's at that point. It still definitely seemed manageable. I, I did not feel like we were in any imminent danger. It was kind of like, hey, pay attention to where this stuff is, pay attention to what the crowds around you are doing, um, but uh, otherwise, no. I mean, you know, whatever. What fires fire? I'm I'm not getting in it. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> it was it was just more something to
1: to see. You know what I mean? Right. Well, then, I mean, so you, you had mentioned that you know you guys had had seen some pretty crazy stuff, and you took some great pictures too. So I, after the you know Chili Peppers are done, what are the sights and sounds of of Woodstock '99 during those final moments? And, and when did yeah, you? Exit? So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So
0: so they're done, and we start seeing these these sound towers come down. One of them was like right near us. That's one of the pictures I sent over. Is this thing? like midway. So like it's being lifted. And then the next, the the next picture I put in there is this thing on its side, just covered in people. Um, and and that, that was, that was probably the first moment that I was finally like, okay, this is, this is getting a little bit nuts. Um, you know, maybe, maybe we need to, maybe we need to be a little bit more careful and pay attention to where stuff's going on right now. Um, security had absolutely no control. And it was evident there was no attempt being made by on-site security to try to quell any of that. And and, and they probably knew it would have been a losing battle. Right.
1: Right. Um, well, absolutely. I mean, Jesus, know. can you imagine like being the one, like, you know, hired gun with your peace patrol shirt? Like, Hey guys, please don't tear down this yep. giant scaffolding. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. So that
0: stuff's down. And I, and I vividly remember standing next to one of these fires just with a massive group of people, no different than you would like a bonfire in somebody's backyard, right? And it's big and people are like fire jumping, like they're, they're jumping through the fire at this point. And you know, there's the part of me that was like, oh, I kinda wanna do that too, you know? Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then I was like, well, and and that was where the big brother piece checked in and I was like, yeah, maybe we don't do that. Like maybe maybe we'll save that for a smaller one back home. Yeah, um, yeah an actual I feel like this bonfire. could go wrong you know? Yeah. So, so then we, we kind of left that, that was still sort of what I would consider like the stage area, right. By, by the stage close enough to it. And then we started kind of working our way back over to sort of like the, you know, the concourse where, you know, all the merchandise was and stuff like that. And, you know, just some of the different things, one of the food tents, I remember in, in, in you know, pictures are kind of crappy. You can't necessarily tell. Um, but one of those tents that's on fire, Um, you can see there's a couple of people in front, just like holding frozen pretzels. Um, (laughs) they had raided one of those things and everybody was just chucking frozen pretzels into the fire, which was this tent. Um, and I thought that was pretty amusing. Uh, you know, it was, it was kind of fun and I don't know why, but it was like, wherever the hell somebody got these from, there were just cases of frozen pretzels and everybody was just (laughs) launching these things into the fire. Maybe they're just trying to cook them, um, you know? You know, well, they got cooked. Yeah, I just I, I don't feel like anybody got to eat them. But yeah. you know, but it was it, that was amusing. You know, especially as a as a nineteen year old, I thought that was pretty funny. Right, um, but I mean, then I mean,
1: yeah, that that's also funny. You know, because you were so young, so this stuff kind of seems like, you know, it, it's funny and like oh that like that's crazy. You know what I mean? And also, you guys didn't really have any like, yeah. It, it seems to me that you didn't really share the same anger that a lot of the even if it was you know like. uh let's say faux anger that a lot of these people were experiencing and acting out on. So it would just kind of seem silly, you know, as, as you're walking through and seeing this stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know, parts of that weekend and, and, and this probably being, you know, the, the, the pinnacle of that, you know what I mean? It's 99. Right. So like I grew up in high school with like Beavis and Butthead and this pretty much felt like their festival at that point, <laughs> you know, like, you know, yeah, everything was just stupid, just, you know, fire, fire. You know what I mean? Like, okay, here we are. (laughs) You know, that, that, that was, that was pretty much what the experience had become. Um, but then when they brought in like, you know, like a riot police and stuff like that, that's when stuff started getting wild. And I I wish, I wish I had the guts to take pictures of some of what was going on right there. And and maybe you've got other firsthand accounts that that'll kind of, you know, add some color to this, but it was weird, man. They were, they're coming in on like, you know, four wheelers and, and with like somebody driving, somebody on the back with like bully clubs. And I was like, OK, we're getting the hell out of here. Like we're going to the tent and we're going to just spend the night there and we're going to call it a day in the morning. We're going to get the hell out of here. Right. Yeah. And so, so we so we did. We went back to the tent. And I mentioned earlier that we were behind the Ace Hardware Uh, store.
1: Yeah. That doesn't sound like a good place to be on Sunday. No, no. Long since
0: closed at this point in the evening. Um, But you know, we we were going to spend the night in a tent and it's really smoky over there. And I'm like, well, it's probably not a good idea. And then the the decision making moment was the trailers that were right there. um, The one closest to us, these these people are breaking into these trailers and, and just looting whatever the hell they have in there, sleeping bags, you name it. And the one closest to us They hadn't gotten open yet. And I'm standing here watching these clowns bang on the door with a propane tank trying to break this thing open.
1: Oh, God.
0: And I'm just like, you know, I don't know. Uh, Maybe that doesn't explode. But I feel like if it does, I don't want to be here for it. Yeah. And so we just decided at that point, leave the tent. Let's get the hell out of here. And we booked it. And we head into the parking lot. Oh,
1: go ahead. Oh, no, this is just a beautiful uh, Podcast 99 moment because you're talking about seeing these people smash the door or like the, the hatch open of this truck. Um, on our another survivor we had on Nordog, he was one of the guys smashing it open. <laughs> so <laughs> you probably you probably witnessed another guy we had on the show doing that. That's shit. A riot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know maybe it wouldn't have blown up right but like i'm just thinking if it does uh, being 10 20 feet away might not be enough
1: yeah absolutely
0: you know we took off and uh and then this is like this is the craziest part of the whole freaking weekend for us we get our stuff out in the parking lot and i've got like like uh, extended bed pickup. so like the four of us we're just gonna we're just gonna hang out there and just sort of watch this chaos from a distance and then in the morning when all these people have scrambled and gotten the hell out of Dodge, we'll take off and go home. That was the plan. Right. So we're sitting there cause it, it's the line is just forever to get out of here. Everybody's hightailing it out. Right. And we're just like, whatever, nobody, nobody's working tomorrow. So who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're sitting there just kind of talking about the weekend, having a good old time. And this dude stumbles up to my pickup truck. And first instinct, I think the guy's drunk he probably probably was a little bit, but he's like, you guys got to help me. You guys got to help me. And we're like, Oh, okay. What? And this dude shows up, he's holding his hand and he holds this up to me. And he's just got a giant shard of glass sticking oh. out of his wrist. And we're like, Oh God. Okay. Nice. Not <laughs> over. So. Yeah. You know, yeah. Right. Exactly. So like, yeah, I'm not a doctor, right? I was a Boy Scout for a while, so like, you know, I might be able to encourage you and tell you to keep your arm above your heart, but that's about it, right? Yeah, yeah. So th- this guy's like, I was walking through the, the field and I tripped and I landed on a, a beer bottle or broken glass, you know? And but it's just it stuck out. It was the most disgusting thing I'd seen at that point in my life. And we're <laughs> like, okay, okay. So I know a couple things. Uh, one, we got to get this dude out of here. Two, like, don't touch that glass right that might be holding your wrist together at this point so oh, don't God. don't touch that thing um it was that so bad it, yeah man it was it was bad it was bad it was yeah so at that point um i did have a cell phone with me uh, not mine my, my folks let me borrow it for the weekend just because you know they had just gotten one and you know i had i had their little boys so sure you know so i had it so i fired that thing up and i called 911 and i explained what was going on and they're like okay they're like we'll give you a call back we'll get an ambulance in there just try to tell us where you are and and i'm like looking at like how close we are to the fence where we are relative to kind of the line to get out of there i'm like all right man i'm like i called 911. they're gonna get somebody in here you know we'll we'll, we'll we'll take care of you just relax don't touch it keep your arm up that kind of stuff right so like five minutes later they call me back (laughs) <laughs> and I'm oh like, okay, here we go. And they're like, Hey man, uh, we can't get into you. Wow. Like, You're going to have to get out to us. And I'm like, Oh God. Okay. You know? So my brothers are just running through the crowd of people, you know, everything's gone bananas at this point, but they come back with two like, you know, off duty medics, just, just, and festival goers that just happen to be, you know, paramedics.
1: Yeah. Is there a doctor in the house um, kind of a thing? Yeah. Pretty much that.
0: Right. So there's nothing that they can really do other than kind of reinforce what we've already told them, right? Keep your arm up, don't take the glass out, stuff like that. So you know they've got him now in the bed of my pickup truck, oh. and nine one one's on the line with me saying you got to get out of here. You, you know we'll meet you at the exit, and I'm like, all right. So I'm like, well, let's let's do this. <laughs> let's figure out how to get out of here. So <laughs> out of nowhere, so we, you know? Yeah, right. So we pull up parallel to this long ass line to get out of Woodstock on Sunday night. And I'm just, I'm just barreling next to this thing, like beeping my horn, flashing my lights. My brothers are out running in front of the truck, just like screaming and yelling that, you know, you know, we've got a bleeder, like, you know, somebody's in the back <laughs> that needs help. Right. So we do that, and then uh, and we and we do, we do actually make it out of there in, like, five minutes. And sure enough, ambulance is sitting right there waiting for us at the exit, which was great. Wow. Um, you know, we dropped this guy off into the the back of the ambulance. I don't even know his name. All I know is he's from Chicago. Uh, it's the only thing I knew from the so weekend. So if you're he's listening, like,
1: guy, oh. who's probably missing a hand now, uh, <laughs> we found the yeah, guy. No, <laughs> I'm sure they were able to take good care yeah. of him. I mean, oh, it, yeah. you know, it was –
0: it was nasty and, and God help me. If, if a dude hadn't like, I mean, I don't think we didn't do anything. I think we just kept him from doing something stupid. Um, but you know, whatever. And that was it. We, yeah, never, never talked to him or seen him since like he wanted all of our information. He's like, you guys saved my life. I'm like, all right, you're, you're good, man. Like, you, <laughs> you, go get it, leave. you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. So guys from Chicago. So if anybody knew somebody badly injured, tell them, uh, tell them I said, <laughs> hi.
1: You That's know, so hope crazy. he's okay. Like, you know, and it's so funny that that happened, like, literally at the very tail end of this whole thing.
0: Like, just when we thought we were out. They pulled you, know you back like, in. Right, right. Yeah, we're, we're in the parking lot. Like, we put a lid on this weekend. All we needed to do was go to sleep, wake up, and leave. And and then that happens. So, wow. you know, it it was I would say it's funny. So then did you, know, you guys, It's funny in hindsight.
1: Did you guys go home after that? Now that you're out. Um, we got on the
0: throughway, We drove probably, you know, a, a, to the probably the first rest stop. Honestly, because like I said, it was only it's two plus hours down the road to get home. Uh, but at that point, I, I didn't have two plus hours in me. Uh, yeah. So we drove to probably what was ended up being the first rest stop. Pulled off, slept for a couple hours, and then uh, woke up, and went home.
1: Jesus. Now, were you, like, did your parents like see any of this shit on the news while you were, while you were there, and like, like you know, say anything about it to, to you when you got back? Um, we
0: talked about it. You know, I, I was always pretty open about what I saw, what I experienced. That in, in anything, like just 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 in life. So this would be no different, right? But like, at no point was was there like a "you're never doing that again." I you know, I think I, I like to think at least you know, that they trust whatever kind of anarchy is going on that, uh, that we sort of figured out where to be. And, and, and we did, right. Like, like I was saying, like, you know, when you, when you see stuff that's kind of going sideways, you know, put an arm's length distance in between there, you know? Right. But um, you know, so no, I mean, I've I've done a ton of stuff like that since, and I'll continue to do it, but (laughs) you know,
1: yeah. What 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 were your thoughts when when all the news stories start start coming in and and the news coverage and obviously there was a very sensational like slant to how things were being presented and then you start hearing about the sexual assaults and how and how you know prevalent that that actually was. I mean, did you you know were you like oh you know what like looking back I I kind of can see how that happened or was it kind of a shock that it was as bad as it was at certain in certain aspects? Um.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good one. You know, I think that. At the time, I mean, it was pretty obvious that that stuff got ugly for sure throughout the weekend. And, and, it, and it was a shame that I feel like it ended up getting the type of rap that it did. But it's it's not exactly undeservedly so. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, and, and some of it were just elements that I think were honestly out of control. I will, I will say to this day that, you know, if it were 10, 15 degrees cooler that weekend, a lot of what happened wouldn't have been.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a very in- interesting, in- interesting point. You know, and again, people are very quick to blame the music, and obviously, you know, as a as a society, you know, we, we were a little, you know, a little bit behind as far as how we you know treat each other, and especially you know like women and stuff like that. But I mean. Yeah, I I think that this the whole situation drove everyone to a point where the people were doing things that they might not have, you know. And then also mob mentality. Um, how how much of a a part do you think mob mentality played into how things went on, or do you think everyone that was participating in the hooliganism actually was that pissed?
0: Um, I, I think it's I think it's probably the former than the latter. Uh, you know, a- anything with a group, the bigger it is, the more likely you're going to see stuff like that happen. because you see the dude next to you doing something and all of a sudden it validates what it is that you think you want to do. Uh, and, and that's, I mean, that applies anywhere. I think, you know, in, in a festival with a few hundred thousand people when it's that hot out. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. For, for sure, man. And uh, now the, the final little note here, our final thought, if you will, do you think that like there's something to learn from Woodstock 99, you know, just the, the way that it went down and the way that it's, it's remembered. Do you think it's important or do you think it was, you know, it was what it was, but there's really no merit to bringing it up or, or looking back on it?
0: No, I think there's, I, I think you should always try to learn something from it. And I think that, that uh, I, I think that a lot was taken away from that. Right. Um you know, I still, I told you before, I, I continue to go to festivals. I still love doing that. Um, and I try to go to uh, Danny Wimmer Festival every year. I just went to a four-day festival, uh, Louder Than Life, two weekends ago. Uh, yeah. And it was fantastic. But, you know, the difference is, you know, and, and, it, and it wasn't as hot, but I'm not going to dwell on that as though that's the only factor. Some of the other things that were that were done really well was it was kept really clean. Um, you know, I mean, that, that you couldn't complain about, you know, things being dirty at all throughout the weekend. You know, the other thing is, you know, food prices. Now, even here, again, two weeks ago, some of that stuff felt a little expensive, but I, I actually, I remember joking with a friend at the time because we, we bought a burrito for dinner one night and they were 20 bucks. And I go, geez, you know, that's a lot, but I paid, you know, oh, I didn't pay it, but I, I could have paid 20 bucks back in 99 at Woodstock. They were the same price, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of funny, right? So like, you know, looking at that, you, you do have to understand that, you know, it, especially if you're building something like that with the intention of doing it again, you, you can't just cash in and call it a day. You have to know that, listen, I, I don't just want to like, you know, soak my fans once or, you know, all your attendees, you, you want them to go home and want to come back.
1: Yeah, and, for sure.
0: You know, feeling like, you know, you, you basically just walked in and somebody just put their hand in your pocket for the whole weekend. That really does sour the experience for sure. You know, Right. Um, I, I take that stuff. I go with the approach of like, listen, that's, that's not going to happen to me. I'm going to bring some of my own stuff. You know, like, like I told you the raisin brand story. Like, yeah, I could buy breakfast, but I'm going to just take it for free right here. Is that what I want to have? No, nah, but you know what? Yeah. As a teenager, yeah, but what, whatever what do you want? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll exactly. figure out where I'm going to spend my money and, it, and it's not going to be, you know, someplace stupid like that. I'd rather buy a t-shirt.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm, again, I'm just glad that all that raisin brand didn't uh, turn on you because uh, you know, <laughs> that, that's a gamble. Yeah, my friend. No, it
0: was, it was all good for sure.
1: All right, man. Well, we definitely want to, with your permission, share some of your uh, some of the photos that, that you took. They're 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 awesome. Um, you know, so we, we definitely want to be posting a couple of those if, if you're all right with that. Yeah, go for it. Excellent, man. Well, Charlie, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, I guess we'll see you at Woodstock, huh?
0: Yeah. Someday. Right. Not the 50th, obviously, but, uh, you know, maybe someday.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Alrighty, man. Well, we'll talk soon. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Yeah. Well, that was pretty, pretty awesome. You know, it's funny when, when someone has, has like a good, nice time at Woodstock 99, it's kind of like, Oh man, like, like I wanted to hear, you know, some, some fucked up shit, uh, you know, for, for lack of a, a better phrase, but, Again, no one gets out of Woodstock 99 unscathed. You know, you have this amazing weekend. You're even kind of enjoying the the craziness of the fires. And then you end up having to drive a guy to an ambulance who has a fucking beer bottle shoved through his wrist. So you never know what you're going to get here on Podcast 99 or there at Woodstock 99. I'm Ryan Licton. And... uh If you went to, worked at, or played Woodstock 99, contact us on Instagram at podcast99 or email us at podcast99official at gmail.com. We'll see you at Woodstock.